Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meet. Now who doesn't live a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Haunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and tonight I don't have Haley. I'm by myself. And this is the finale of season three. I posted on social media that the episode wouldn't be out on our regular day because of technical difficulties, which we did have a little bit. Um, but I think more of it is probably a mental difficulty. This is a hard season to end. When we first started this, I didn't have any expectations of how it would turn out. I didn't have a thought in my mind that it would be solved or that we would have some major breakthrough or anything like that. But I think that I had originally hoped that there would be some sort of ending. And I don't know that we've done that. I know that a lot of people want to know what our opinion is. And we discussed that in the last episode. And I have to be completely honest. I don't really have an opinion. And it's not because I didn't immerse myself in their lives and their stories and the diary and the case files and all those things because I did. But I think that this story had so many different sides to it in so many different possibilities that it's almost impossible to walk away and know factually what actually happened. There's too many unanswered questions. I don't, I know that the Cronin family believes and have believed from the beginning that John had everything to do with their disappearance. I also know that they believe that the boys went on to live their lives and it's hard for me to wrap my brain around the thought that Deborah's life ended and the boys didn't because I can't figure out where the boys would have gone. And on an, the other hand, it's hard for me to imagine a man who Deborah loved so much ending her life. He didn't sound like a controlling man. She did whatever she wanted whenever she wanted to do it. And he didn't sound, by people describing him, anything more than some a mellow surfer in the 70s. So it's hard for me to imagine that he took her life either. But then when you look at the diary and see that her last entry was on April 30th, and she wasn't reporting missing until May 5th, what happened to those five days? Did something happen? Did she have another seizure? Was there some kind of argument and a fight that ended in her not making it past that night or out of that apartment ever again? But then what happened to the boys? There's so many different angles to look at. And so I don't, I can't claim to know Deborah just from reading her diaries and talking to her family. And I can't claim to know John from reading her diaries or talking to his family. There's no way for us to have a clear, concise answer. 
we know that the detectives never arrested John. We know that they looked at John as a suspect. We also know that there is no bodies ever found. And I guess at the end of this, we don't really know more than when we started other than their story is out there. And I guess that's what I have to be happy with at the end of the day is that the story of Deborah and Jackson and Joshua and John for that matter are not forgotten. Their families, both families lost their loved ones, whether it was in 1979 or in 2008, they lost the people that they loved. And regardless of how they're gone or why they're gone, two families lost those children too. And the only thing that we can hope for is that someday the story reaches someone who does know something or a hiker or a hunter or a construction company building a new house finds the body of a woman and two little boys or the DNA that Jocelyn has done or the DNA that Tyler Kidwell or Ron Kidwell have offered to do match up with two 40 something year old men that don't, that they don't already know and that don't already belong to their family. I mean, it's really all we can hope for. And in a minute, I'm going to play you audio from Justin from the Doe Network and from Jocelyn and Janice and Candy and Ron Kidwell because they all, you know, have, they all have something to say at the end of all this. And I guess my ending to this is that I'm honored. I'm honored to have been given this opportunity by the Doe Network to tell a story that had been bothering them for years. And I'm honored to both families for letting me into their lives to Janice and Joyce and Jennifer and now Candy and of course Jocelyn for trusting me with their family stories and their loved ones and what became of them. Thank you so much for letting me in. And, and Ron Kidwell, I know that this couldn't be easy for you. You knew that your brother was the number one suspect and you still let me in too. So for that, I, I will be eternally grateful. And I hope that you all know that it's been an honor to tell your family's story. One last thing. If the Rockos are listening, which I hope that you are, I think that you might have information that might be able to help both families heal. I think that even if they're just memories, you were by far the closest to John and Debbie and the boys than anyone else during that time in their life. And if you don't want to talk on a podcast, I completely understand, but you know how to get a hold of me and I will put you in contact with Jocelyn who has a million questions for you and understands that you don't, you might not have all the answers, but you might have something that might make them see things differently or confirm how they already feel. So if you do change your mind about talking to anyone, you know how to get a hold of me and I won't ask you any questions and I won't record you and I won't put you on a podcast, but I will put you in touch with whoever you want to speak with because I know that anyone in the families would love to talk to you. 
And with that, I'm going to end this and I'm going to go straight into the audio. I want you to know that we will be on a, a short hiatus while we get um, some research built up for our stories that will start mid late September and go through the Halloween season. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us on the, this journey. I know it was a little different than what we typically did. And you guys have been so supportive and so amazing and have written in so many questions and comments and sent me little things when I sounded down on a podcast or beat up. I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you all. It's been a journey and you've all been on it with us. And for that, I thank you. My name is Justin. I've been volunteering for the Film Network, uh, submitting and visiting unidentified persons to their website for about 15 years now. I try to match up missing persons with unidentified remains from websites like the Doe Network, NamUs, and various state databases for missing in, missing persons and coroner's offices. A while back, uh, my contact at the Doe Network forwarded me an email from Cat asking if I could suggest any missing persons cases for a podcast. At first, I thought for a long time that her husband probably had something to do with it. I mean, unless the wife has obviously had run away and emptied the bank account and did everything... But usually they're fairly easy to trace if they did that. But since she just completely disappeared with her sons, after listening to everything that you went through, I don't know. I honestly don't know if he had anything to do with it. I don't know if she ran off. I don't know if she committed suicide. I don't know if she dropped her kids off somewhere. Or I don't know anything. And that's probably what's driving me nuts about this case. But uh, like I said, I'm very appreciative for all the work you've done. I mean, I read somewhere that... Uh, True excellence in anything requires obsession, and it sounds like you got pretty obsessed with this one. And I'm glad because that obsession is what's probably going to be the mo- do the most well for finding what out ha- what happened to them. Anyway, I like I'm really appreciative of everything you've done, and I look forward to the next thing you get up. I do also hope that uh, sh- the children will be put on NamUs so the California Department of Justice, because not too many people know anything about them, and I think the more people who actually see this thing, then the better. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Cap. One more. This is Justin again. One thing I forgot to add is that uh, I was very impressed that you managed to find all many of the pertinent players, especially family members, and get them to put their DNA in uh, the database so possibly Deborah and or, and or her sons could be found. If uh, they are found, it's going to be the DNA which is going to be the identifying factor here. Like I said, I was very impressed with everything that you've done so far with this case. And... Uh, I have a feeling that if it does get solved, a big chunk of it's going to be with because of your actions. Hi, um, my name is Kendi. I'm Debbie's niece and the twins' first cousin. Um, I was born the same day as Debbie, and I actually um, share her middle name as well. But I never got the chance to know her boys. If I had the chance to speak to any of them, I would just let them know that they've never been forgotten. And they're all so loved by their family, even the ones that they never had the chance to know. I'll just always continue to hope that one day I'll cross paths with my cousins and, you know, get to have a relationship with that part of my family that's been missing my whole life. So thank you for um, telling our story. My name is Ron Kidwell. I'm the brother of John Kidwell, who was married to, I say was, because he's still no longer married, married to Debbie Kidwell. Uh, and my... This has been a process, a 40-year-old process of nothing filled but with frustrations and, and disappointments uh, over a very unusual circumstance, and one of 
to say to the Cohen family, I, I'm sorry that we find ourselves in this position, but uh, you know, all I can say is uh, I'm, I'm sorry that we, we're in this spot. But anyway, um, I, my final thoughts was I wish, like I say, I, we don't know what happened. Nobody really knows. Where everybody's got their theories and whatnot, but we really don't know what happened. And that's what makes it so frustrating. But I, if Debbie is listening, John obviously is not. If Deb's listening or the boys are listening, I would. Um, give somebody a call. Please, it's been 40 years, and, you know, there's been a lot of heartaches, so there'll be no questions asked. Just call. Hi, my name is Jocelyn. I am the niece of Deborah Lynn Kidwell and Joshua and Jackson are my first cousins. Um, I guess when I when I started this, I didn't really know what what to expect. Um, this this all started back in April, and um, I just knew that I wanted to learn more about my aunt and my two cousins. Um, I just wanted to know them better. When I was growing up, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. Um, her name is Anna Mae, and she was uh, the most gentle but tough woman you could have ever met. She had raised 10 children. Um, she was a true Christian, and she was an amazing grandmother. Um, she is a big part of who I am today, and I like to attribute my compassion and my faith in people and God to her. She always spoke very highly of her missing daughter and her missing grandchildren uh, with love in her eyes and a lump in her throat at all times. She was convinced she knew that her daughter was gone. They had hoped that the twins lived on. Um, I guess that you could call that a mother's tuition, intuition. Um, so from this, I drew my conclusion all of my life on what had happened um, on May 4th, 1979, 40 years ago. I've, I've always thought the same thing. As we've gone through this journey the last five months, I have learned so much more than I ever thought I'd imagine. And I, I thank Kat so much for taking the time to dig into every little detail to help us know our family and what could have possibly happened. Um, the twists and the turns while gathering this information has left me shifting uh, back and forth and where I stand with what I thought happened to these three beautiful individuals. Um, so I guess this is my final conclusion. The most important uh, to my aunt was her family. That was from the amount of time she took daily to document every small milestone that the twins had or that she did during the day. She loved to dance, paint, um, skate, surf. She loved more than anything to be with her family and her husband. You know, raising the two boys had to have been hard, you know, very time-consuming. Anybody who has children know, knows that. 
but she still found the time to sit down and write a letter to send birthday cards, to make phone calls to her family who were across the country. This is not the signs of a selfish person. She wrote in her journal daily, um, every single day she wrote in it, all the way to the end of April 1979, and then nothing. From April 30th to May 5th, there is nothing. There is not, not a soul other than John who can account for her and the Finns. We're talking about a woman who rarely spent a day indoors, a woman who spoke to her friends daily and was in communication with her family as well. Um, she, you know, she wrote everything down daily and for it just to stop, um, just seems very suspicious to me. I spoke to a psychic a few, a few weeks ago and his exact words to, to me was that she never made it out of her home. Um, he, he believes that she nor did the Finns ever make it out of that apartment. And honestly, I have to say now that I do believe that. I know it is hard to know what a person is capable of. I can understand that. And I can tell you that my aunt was not capable of running away and never speaking to her family or loved ones ever again. Ever again. It's been 40 years. Her mother has passed away. If she was out there and she knew of this, she would have contacted her mother at some point or her sisters or siblings. She was also not capable of taking her sons away from their father, a man that she truly loved, and that is very evident. Um, you know, she knew what his struggles were before marrying him, and she still married him and started a family and a life with him. I hate to think that John could have been responsible for taking the life of my aunt. I don't know if it was an accident. I don't know what happened. But I can tell you that I do not believe that she up and ran away and just left. Um, I just want to take the time to thank everybody for their support and for taking interest in my aunt's case. Um, I want to thank more than anything Kat for all of the research she's done, how compassionate she's been in this search for the truth in this matter. I know that we don't have it in black and white and it's not set in stone, but what you've done for us, for our family, has been amazing. So thank you, Kat. Thank you all for listening, and I hope that uh, one day we all know what happened. Thank you. God bless. Um, this is Janice Barton. Um, I'm Debbie's sister, and um, I would just like to give my final thought, and my belief is that I know that Debbie would never walk away from her family and not let us know that she was okay. She had no reason to. And as far as um, the maintenance man, um, sorry, that's ridiculous. My sister was very much in love with John. And um, I just would also like to comment on, you know, the fact that he passed the lie detector test. Well, Sociopaths can do that. How even Ted Bundy passed a lie detector test. And I just know that um, she had no control over what happened to her. Her disappearance was not caused by her. And I and my family always will 
agree that we know that John had something to do with this, that he is responsible for the disappearance of my sister. And the twins, Joshua and Jackson, we always believe you're out there somewhere. And if you are, I hope someday we can we can see you again. And I know, Debbie, I will see you in heaven. I love you. I love all three of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode. Until next time, I'm Kat, and remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost. Thank you.